We are back with another episode here, man. Um, man, this is, I think we're well into episode 100, though. We got Max Florida, 808 Mafia in the building, though. What's good, bro? Well, Howdy. actually, you guys got us in the building, I should say. Yeah, welcome. What's good, bro? Shit, I'm just fried in between sessions and... Uh... Can you come a little bit closer to the mic? Oh, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh... So you talk about it, man. So you, you, we were just talking, you know, before the cameras were coming out of a 22-hour session, you were you were working 22 hours. Then would you... you well, were... that was... I mean, that's on like just day three of some sessions this week. I'm just... Uh, I'm kind of burnt right now. Disclaimer to everybody. Can we disclaim who, who the session was with? Um, Yeah, I, I guess. I was working with... Well, I am. I have to be back there in a couple hours with uh, NBA Youngboy. Why? I guess, yeah. I just, I never really listened to him until I just started working for him. And he's actually a lot doper than I always thought. I'm actually really impressed. What do you, so, what I didn't, do you I didn't have a very high expectation going in. He's like actually really fire. For real? Yeah. So, like, working with him, is he a workhorse? Is he chilling and work, get, get working in between? He's actually really nice. I, you know, I don't know what everyone's, uh, perception of him might be from Social media. what you'll hear but no he's actually chill I, I fuck with him but um just wasn't what I was expecting to be doing like I don't if you told me like six months ago or like a year ago that's what I was gonna be doing with my my uh Monday in <laughs> August I would have not believed it so, you know. So how, it's how been it's been a weird year. You were sleeping. For sure. You 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 slept like what, like three hours before we got here? An hour? I have no idea. You have no idea, you just you're just working. Yeah. I feel you. But um and that's like engineering too. But uh we were over there I was making beats with um this dude Fizzle. I don't know if you uh know if you've ever um, uh heard of okay, him. Bro. Nah, he's a uh, like stop playing with that man. Fizzle does a lot of stuff like Desto and Bobby Raps. Um, oh, sorry, I'm trying to remember everything. I don't know. He just makes beats with a lot of us. He plays guitar. He's really fire. He just did some stuff on the new Wheezy album. Um, a lot of 03 Greedo stuff and Little Pump. Like he, I think he like recorded Gucci gang. He's not an engineer or anything, but yeah, I've just been making beats with him over like in f like with young boy being late like 10 hours to the session. I was just bored. So I was like, yeah, pull up. So we're sitting there playing guitar and making everything from scratch and and uh you know, everyone was walking into the session and they're like, "Wait, Y'all, y'all making that right now? Y'all just play guitar and do that? Oh, make more of that, and then ends up making some cool songs. Just actually cooking up from scratch, which is nice. So that's why it's cool to to work with other producers and people that like actually really play instruments because that's kind of rare sometimes, especially him where he's just. Picks up guitar. Actually, his guitar is right here. He left it over here. But just pick up guitar and just within 30 seconds, just have a whole new, really cool 
song yeah. started. That actually sounds like a song instead of just a couple of keys on yeah. piano roll or something like that. That's some real talent shit, bro. Like, you know, just like seeing guys like, um, like just musicians, man, where they can just, you know, go crazy like that on instruments or like Ryan Leslie. You know, like, remember those old Ryan Leslie cook videos? I always bring those up. Like, because that was when I first started becoming a producer. I was looking at him like, yo, like that's a real producer right there. Like, that's well, especially, shit. I feel like that too, because I can't play instruments for shit. Yeah, me neither. Like, I can play some fundamental chords yeah, yeah. on like a bass or a piano, like one note at a time. Um, So I really appreciate when someone has like true musicianship that um, I'm not coordinated enough to play guitar. Never have been, never will. I can't move my hands like yeah. seven different places at the my same fingers time. fingers hurt after like th- three minutes anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a difficult thing. So it's, uh, you know, I, I appreciate someone that can really play music. And, you know, because I, you know, my day job is engineering. That's what I normally do. And I always just made beats for fun, but I always did everything super sample-based. Um, like when I was 15, 16, I had an MPC. And Damn. What kind? With, uh, the first one, I got an MPC 1000 okay. with like leftover weed money that I made, <laughs> like selling weed in high school. And then after a while, I got an MPC 5000 right when it came out. Um, I think I was like what 17 when I got that thing and uh, I would like steal my parents car on long weekends and they'd leave town because I lived up in, I'm from up in the mountains in Colorado okay so I'd have to like take their car save up money and like drive down to Denver before I had my license and like buy like a stack of records to bring back and sample up at home yeah um like literally not have my license. It was like a four hour drive. So like so. Was, there, was there was there also LimeWire and shit like that you could get records from or was it always just um, the mystique? It of wasn't the, as the prevalent because I'm like 28 now. Okay. Yeah, we're the same age now. I'm 27. Oh, dope. And that was, that was like 12 years ago. And it definitely felt different. Like MySpace was a thing. Um... You know, Instagram didn't exist yet by a, right. a year or two. But I remember, like, I remember. Like, YouTube just didn't have as much shit on yeah, it. Yeah, YouTube. Because, like, I'll be scouring YouTube for, like, old records to, like, be inspired from. Maybe try to, like, I don't want to say replay, but just, like, draw inspiration from, yeah. from like, old library music from, like, French composers from the 70s and, like, weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because back then, like, they were releasing music that was literally just with new synthesizers being made, just, like, literally just playing random shit on cool synthesizers. And it was, like, new music. Yeah. Um, so it might sound kind of boring, but that stuff's actually really cool to listen to. Uh, just, like, really experimental. Yeah. Or, like, even, like, movie scores and shit. But the reason I asked, though, because, like, you know, I remember, so we're talking like, you know, 08, 09 type era. And, you know, there was definitely LimeWire and shit, but there was something about like, I was like, oh, I got to get a record player because that's how you really do it. And it's going to sound different. Oh, you know what I mean? Versus for sure. Like I was, using, I was using a Technic. I had a Technic, yeah, a little yeah. two channel mixer. And then 
MPC over on this side. See, you had the MP. I would have died for MP back then. Oh, bro. I was like, man, fuck computers, real hip hop, boom bap shit. Like, only listened to like MF Doom, Mad Lib. Okay. Okay. Um, What got you into all that? Mob Deep. Like, I think Havoc is from Mob Deep is like the illest producer other than like Mad Lib and Dilla and those dudes. So, like, I was just super driven by them and all sample-based stuff because those guys just flip samples like crazy of, like, you know, off old records. Um, What got you into that kind of stuff, though? um, There was just, like, this one dude in in my area because my town has, like, 6,000 people. Oh, shit. So there was, like, this one kid that moved there from Louisiana who was a little bit older than me, Michael Baden, who, like, made beats up there like he was cool and um there was this other guy named timeline who um moved up there also who like rapped and they would like make music that we would like trickle down here as younger kids um and out here and be like wait somebody made this shit like from here what the fuck yeah, yeah. that's cool so i just you know always just made shit for fun because um the way that, uh, especially like what I do now and like being able to eat off making music was something that never as a concept existed to me. Like I didn't know you could make money off music. I never knew being like some kid from Colorado that like I could have my name on a fucking back of a record. Yeah, Like that was a dream of mine. Like, man, it would be so cool to, have a vinyl record my name on it that would be crazy how does that ever happen and then you know fast forward some years later and it's like there's records i don't even want them to put my name on that all have recorded or engineered or mixed because they used the wrong version rough mix from the session before it got polished up and it's like i don't even want my name on it sometimes so it's like been crazy to see that happen over the years but um, I think the main point I was saying there, too, is that, like, I, I just came from looking up to such sample-based producers. Because, you know, like, real hip-hop always was made from old music. Right, right. And and finding really cool stuff to sample. And that doesn't exist anymore for whatever reasons. Well, it does. But just, I, think, I think people aren't so much into crate digging and, and pulling from old records versus like sample packs and stuff, which I feel like is also due to people hearing horror stories about like Oh, sample publishing. clearance is a bitch. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if it's worse or better than it used to be, but, um, you know, that's why the whole, um, I want to call it industry, but that's why the whole culture of these like people that make samples has become a thing. Right. For multiple reasons, because you know, there's some people where you you hear their their melodies, and it's like, and you know, I make them too, um, and where some of the stuff sounds like you know something you might hear off of a break on an old record, um, without having to filter out the drums and have hiss from the vinyl and spend right, right, right. four days digging through a stack of records after spending another four days finding those records and then 
going through them, replacing the head on your uh, record player all the time. So, you know, a lot of us have just kind of found ways to streamline the process while still keeping sampling at kind of the core of beat making. Right, right. And a lot of people that make beats aren't, you know, classically trained musicians by any any stretch of the definition of it, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I'm not a trained musician, you know? Like, Southside, who I look up to more than anybody, I don't remember him taking piano lessons at any point in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of cool that in an ode to the way hip-hop was when I was growing up that made me so drawn to it, which, it, you know was some of the rawness of some of the beats that just came from from sampling. Um, while the the way that we sample has evolved and changed, I think it's really cool that there's people that are like really good musicians, like how I was cooking up with Fizzle, how I was talking about where we're sitting and playing guitar, singing, and trying to make something that sounds like an old record. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And then bouncing that separate and then treating it like its own song and flipping it into a beat instead of, you know, just playing guitar into it and throwing drums on it. It's like still flipping it. Yeah. Essentially. No, most definitely. But, um, man, let's, let's back it up a, a little bit here. Cause we kind of like, I appreciate how we naturally oh, just got into conversation here. Yeah. But, um, I'm going to go on tangents, bro. No, nah, you're good, bro. I didn't, right I didn't quite get I'm to give so you fucking tired. I didn't quite get to give you a, a proper introduction. You know what I mean? Um, Obviously, man, we're talking uh, to Max here from 808 Mafia. Um, and forgive me if I'm getting some of these credits wrong. Um, let me know. I'm just reading off a genius right here. A couple of these I was like, because, you know, I'm used to just looking at like the Spotify credits. So a couple of these I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Um, for instance, for me, when uh, doing 200 and No Cap on Super Slimy, you, you were part of those records, which was... Which yeah. Was uh, one was with Southside and um, the other one, was, 200, was with uh, Weezy, Weezy and, and Trey Pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 200, I love that record. Yeah, that's just Um, And then Southside on Lil Baby's album. You did that with... Um, with Southside. With Southside. Fitting right there. Yeah, very fitting. Um, Most of the stuff I, I all did was with Southside that, that came out like that because like, I'm an engineer. Okay. Like, I'm a fucking nerd about music. And then, like I was saying about beats, like, I always just did that shit for fun. I never expected a goddamn thing out of ever making a beat. Like, I didn't know that was possible. So I don't, like, try to be a producer. Um, Just the way I am and move and do some stuff and the people I work with, I come from a background of producing. Uh And that kind of follows me into engineering, whether it's recording for people or mixing and just having that kind of more creative vision. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, I'll cook up with people, make melodies, um, you know, kind of paying respect to the sampling side of hip hop that I was, I, I want to try to keep alive. And especially for people like me and people that might be growing up that like aren't talented musicians. And hip hop was always a thing that wasn't made by musicians to keep other people out. It's like really inclusive where anybody could do it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that's how like any, or at least most of the, the production I've 
been a part of has has kind of stemmed from where like I didn't actively try to do that. I wasn't engineering sessions that I'm sitting there pulling up beats. Yeah. Like that shit, all that shit happened completely separate. Um real organic, would you say? Oh yeah. And let me let me let me name. Yeah, a keep going. Yeah. I just wanted to just before I forget to say that. Man, um a whole bunch of juice world shit. I know you were, you know, uh real close to juice. Yeah, um, which we'll definitely talk about. That were you were you like his main engineer at one point? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that was like my my best friend the last couple of years, and and someone that was just I'm just so honored to have been able to work with throughout the course of his career, and just witness and be a part of something truly historic and special happen for sure. Um. Cause you know before he before he blew up and had all his first big stuff come out, like he he like came out with uh, G Money and G Herbo. <laughs> Sorry, Thank shout you. out Topo Chico. What is that fancy burp. fancy water you drink? Right? Yo, is that one Mexican sparkling water, bro? It's just, you want? Shit, I'll try one. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you one in a second. It's just fire. So it's, it's not um, seltz, it's not seltzer, is it? Not to go off topic. It's like club soda, like, like sparkling water, the non-sweetened one. Yeah, it's not sweetened, bro. It's a real deal. Okay, never mind. I don't want one. Uh, <laughs> but okay, um, hold on, real quick to, to so talk about that. What's the what's the what's the attraction to those? Because I, maybe I just tried the wrong one. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Okay, okay. okay. No, I know it's plain. Oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It was cold and in the fridge. You drink those too, bro? Maybe I got to try that one. I've tried seltzer. It's an acquired taste. Okay. There's no taste. It's water. Like, I don't like tonic. It's not tonic. It's just it's water. Not tonic. It's, it's water, water with bubbles in it. I think it's just sparkling It's just sparkling Okay, water. okay. Then I think I've tried like tonic seltzer. So maybe, yeah. I yeah mean, no, it's just, tonic is disgusting. I'll try it. I'll definitely yeah. try one. Um, yeah, we got you. We'll do, I got a hot sauce challenge for you too. We'll do, yeah, we'll do a taste, a little tasting session. Yeah. I fuck with hot but, sauce um, too, but yeah, but, uh, back to back to juice world. Um, I just had to clear. clear but the yeah, so he, like, uh, so like G Money brought him out, and and we were working on Swervo with Southside, and they were all staying over at um at Southside's house with us. Or, and like I'm sharing like a bedroom the size of this table, damn near, with like a t- twin size bed. And a tiny little desk with like, you know, a bunch of recording equipment on it. Um, just in a little bedroom of the house, just because we'd be working over there. And we were like, no one was really like we, he he came to a session and and did a song on a beat that Southside had, and you know, a lot of us are just like, this kid's dope cool but like it was kind of you know on the back burners because we were or in the middle yeah. of finishing up Swervo and um because there's a lot of people that come and go in sessions that are that are dope but you just never, yeah and yeah. you know kids that not and not even kids just people that like you know look I learned a lesson in from that from from Juice that you know I, I just hope everybody can can appreciate is that bro you can't doubt a single fucking soul's potential for what they might be able to do like this kid was high as hell just kind of not causing trouble but like (laughs) 
you know, he was like 17, 18, high, just chilling, sitting around, not really doing nothing. Like, oh man, I want to record, whatever, you know, like everyone be saying shit like that. And then, um, so we were, we were working at studio and then like, well, when we were back at the house, you know, Southside raps all the fucking time. So, you know, we'd be up for like days recording Southside and Juice would be just like sitting on like the little bed behind us in the little room be like, hey, like, let me record, bro. Please, come on. And then Sizzle, even Southside would turn around and be like, hey, bro, like, watch how it's done, bro. I, I, I got you. Because, you know, not knowing <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's really, who's really sitting behind him yet. Mm-hmm. Like, and, uh, you know, like, he was just so persistent that, like, one morning, like, I'm just as tired and fucking out of it as I am right now. Probably worse. And I'm just like, all right, little bro, let's let's try some shit. And then make a song. I'm like, I don't know what that was, but this shit is fire. You just shit out that song, like, so quick and sang your heart out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a bottle and a half of Hennessy later, we're, like, fucking five, six songs in and, like, one sitting of songs that, you know, ended up being on that goodbye and good riddance tape. Um, Bye. And, and, you know, it was just, and then a few months later, you know, he called me and was like, Hey bro, um, I got my own studio session. Pull up on me. I'm like, what? Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, never really, never really left him after that. Um, Cause he was just, actually like at least from an engineering perspective like something just felt different um because at at one point when that was going on like i was like staying with offset and and cardi and uh, i think it was around when they were wrapping up cardi's album and i'm pretty much telling set like yo i'm gonna go work with this kid y'all have never heard of. I just, I feel something's going on here. And he's like, bro, you fucking crazy? Like, hell no, you ain't leaving. I'm like, bro, sorry, like, I'm out. And and then, a, you know, a couple years later, like back in uh, uh, January, December this year, you know, Seth was like, bro, I thought you was fucking crazy, but like, I respect the fuck out of what you did and going and, and doing that with Juice, and I'm happy you did that because y'all, y'all really did something. So it was, you know, I'm just happy to have been able to see what was really there, not like just blow off somebody that, you know, ended up being who I think is probably the most talented musician that I might ever see in my life. Um, and just learn that lesson of never doubt nobody because you never really know what someone's capable of. Because um, I, uh, there was another time too, like in that beginning stage where like I'm on the south side of Miami and he like vanishes for a couple of days. Like, I don't know where he went. I thought he went to Atlanta. He said he was somewhere. I don't know. But Juice called like, hey, I'm going on tour in Europe, bro. Like, meet me in Germany tomorrow. I'm like, 
dude, I'm sitting in fucking Florida. Hell yeah. So I, I said, hey, G2, I'm going to Europe tomorrow, bro. He's like, what? That's fire. Yo, Chaz, I'm going, I'm going to Germany, bro. I'm out. And then just like dip. I get a call from Southside like two days later. And we're in a studio in Berlin in Germany. And it like rings on my computer and I answer it. And it's Southside screaming. And I'm sitting in the room with like Juice, uh, his, his cousin Sean, Tommy Chris. And he's like, Maxwell, where the fuck you at, bro? I'm going to fucking beat your ass, bro. I just got back. From... You fucking gone. I'm like, bro, I'm in Germany. <laughs> what you mean you in fucking Germany, bro? Get your ass back here right fucking now, bro. Like tweaking, going crazy on me. Juice is sitting there like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Because like, when Southside gets mad, that shit's fucking scary. <laughs> like, don't get him mad at you. <laughs> So that was just like, there was just like so many just funny little things that happened with starting to work with, with, with Juice that was like, it was just comedy. But uh, yeah, so, so yeah, that, what that's you, what I just had going on for the last couple of years, just doing everything with him. So how is it like being an engineer balancing? Like, so you, you see this young, young talent and stuff that you, you vibe with and you want to work with, but you kind of have your obligations to the people you already are working with. That's what I was kind of trying to to touch on is like, I literally just kind of stiffed like some of the top people in the game to be like, because I can't explain what, what Juice had talent-wise and workflow-wise and potential that, and just like, just the energy and vibe I got off him as a friend was like, like I messed really well with Southside and and being able to record with him and work with him, make beats with him, um, kind of on that level of like something that something just feels different. Like it clicks, it works. Yeah. But Juice just had something that just I don't. It was almost like on some cult shit. Like this man just was like Jesus, and I had to follow him. Mm without even having to say anything out loud, I could just tell there was something special and like literally like said, you know, screw you set. Sorry, Cardi. I'm, I'm going to work with this. Sorry, Sizzle. I got to go do this. And with Southside, like we're working with everybody working. Thug, Future. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even just fucking everybody on earth with him. And then, I had never just worked with like one artist before. I'd always been running around with like Southside or I guess I did do a lot with like Fredo Santana for a while, but that was while always doing stuff with um, Southside. So like I'd never just truly been locked into working with like one artist, like one rapper. Um, I'd always bounce around with Southside or even if it was with um, I mean, Fredo coming over to my house all the time. I'd still, you know, Sosa would be pulling up and, and like back at that time, like Keith ate just like random people sometimes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, I definitely had to like make a conscious decision to like not work with a lot of people to be able to work with him because we were touring 
for like on and off constantly for like a year and a half, two years. So what what I'm getting just from this little conversation that we've had so far, what I'm getting with you is I feel like it's more about, I feel like you, it seems like you really get joy from just being in the moment, making good music. I, I, or is it more that no, or is it more like analytical like oh now nah, i see something with this kid i if i you know i gotta i gotta stay with him because he's gonna be crazy like what 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 is it more of? so i personally like just enjoy making music yeah and enjoy making good music and i think that's where like i personally might differ from a lot of like whether it's producers or engineers there's a lot of people especially in the engineer world that just be like nickel and diamond shit and just being like really trying to be opportunistic. Yeah. Thinking, Oh, I got to work with the biggest person yeah, yeah, to get my rates up and charge them this. And I'm charging this an hour and y'all were here for fucking 11 hours and 59 seconds, like on some super business-minded it's like it's like business-minded but with like short-sightedness attached to yeah it. okay because like i said it. bro i never when i was younger and it's making beats in my bedroom recording my homies out back at home like i didn't know you could like i never expected in my life you can make money off music let alone have your fucking name listed on back of a record yeah. like that shit is just it still feels kind of weird to me. Like if I get a, a a royalty check in the mail, every time I'm still like, I get like butterflies in my stomach. Just like, bro, I didn't know this existed. This yeah. is so crazy. Well, let's let's take it back. So before you got into making beats, like what what did you think your life was going to be? Did were you did you have college plans? Like what was your whole like what was your first Dude, dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to like race mountain bikes. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, like I was racing like semi-professional, like downhill mountain biking. Oh, that's dope. Um, and I was Sounds like, I, and I was like into photography. Okay. So like, I like didn't finish high school out of the, all the way because I was like getting in trouble all the time and got pulled out and then like kind of started college and like it was pretty much in like photo school in Denver. And then um, I was, like, taking pictures out at, like, concerts. And, like, in Denver in 2011, like, dubstep was, like, <laughs> the shit. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, 17, 18 and just got, like, really absorbed into, like, the EDM and, like, dubstep world. Were you, like, into like going to raise For, like, five, six like years. Hell yeah, bro. I was weird. <laughs> just, like, taking mescaline and acid and just fucking rolling and just going fucking raves and warehouse parties and like weird burning man shit all the time um so yeah i could definitely like i could definitely, catch, so. I could definitely catch your vibe man like i said like i feel like you really enjoy just being in the moment making good music like yeah rock star lifestyle fuck it 22 hours let's work let's do it type of shit and and everything just kind of followed in that because i i've just never put money first i just like making music you know i'm you know, a, a fortunate person where I didn't have like a really like hard upbringing. Um, but like I've been working since I was 12, still like always worked in restaurants, bike shops, sold, allegedly sold weed for allegedly. a long ass time. Yeah. Um, 
like I probably made more money in high school than I do now. Yeah. Like, you know, working in a nice restaurants, you know, allegedly selling weed to all the dudes in the kitchen <laughs> and then like getting off at midnight and then just like hustling the rest of the night, like another like half pound is broken down into like eighths and quarters and shit. So like, yeah, I, I might've been, and then like making beats back at home. Like I was, I was doing, I was probably doing more when I was like 16 than I am. Now. <laughs> yeah. See, man, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I honestly envy that, that trait right there because a lot of times I feel like I overanalyze, I overthink shit and it's not, it's like, you know, I, for instance, like something like this, like a podcast, like I, I really do get joy out of sitting here having these conversations with producers like you and just, you know, hearing your come up story. But I kind of forget that shortly after. And then I'm back to like, oh, being analytical. We got to line up these guests. We yeah. Gotta, I mean, you got to be, gotta be like that, though. If you want to like once you get to a point where this is what you do. Yeah. You have to you have to treat yourself like a business. You have to take yourself seriously. You have to schedule and. You know. Yeah, at a certain point, you become a business of a sort. Yeah. Um, you know, but like as long as you actually like enjoy doing what you're doing and are doing it for a reason that makes you happy to do it, then like it's never really going to feel like work. Like, you know, you might not want to do everything. Like I, I like I'll get called for sessions to be like, uh, I don't, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't mm. do that. Like shit like that. But but at, the, at the end of the day, like yeah. I'm just happy to be making music. Yeah, and and that's where, you know, flashback to like a situation with with Juice World was like, he was on that same tip. He did not give a fuck about the money he was making at all. Most of his songs, like stuff that people haven't gotten to hear, is just like we would sit around as like a bunch of trap producers and like. Dudes from Chicago making like pop music for no fucking reason. Like five bang out five pop songs Word. with no swear words. Damn. With like incredibly intricate lyrics and like storylines. And then after doing five of those, like cut on a DY beat and just make like the most gangster shit ever. Like of him just popping shit the whole time. Um and then not be and like trying new stuff because like that's what motivates me is like I want to try new things, experiment with music, like. And you know we're like I would I would be like tweaking because you know Juice Loveless and like Daywave, Tame Impala, like you know kind of psychedelic rock stuff, and like I always liked uh, like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, and he okay. liked that shit too. So I'd like try to figure out how to do. And incorporate like some of the mixing effects that they would use. Okay. Um, so I remember I like cracked the code on how to make Tame Impala sound and shit. I'm like, yo, Juice, come here, come here, come here. I figured it out. Yeah. I, I, we got, I figured out the day wave shit. Then he was like, what? And then just like instantly make a song that's like psychedelic rock type rap music. But it's like not even rap music. It's just cool. And just doing shit just purely based off of the joy of just making music. Yeah. Um, and and that that definitely gets that gets lost. Like so many producers, so many rappers, so many creative people, labels, and ours, so many people only see dollar signs. And that shit really kind of makes me sad sometimes. And I'm I'm 
you know, happy as hell for people that are just dumb successful, like making, whether it's making beats or, or rapping, like if you got it, I'm happy for you. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to be like that, you know, like why wouldn't I? But at the end of the day, like I never expected none of this shit. I never knew this shit existed. And I'm just thankful to be able to like make music and like I wouldn't, you know, like I don't look at it as a job where it's like, oh, I need to make millions. I do this to, to become rich or whatever. Like, no, I just make music because I like making music. I don't know what else I'd do. I didn't finish school and I made music the whole time is what I'm the best at doing. So were you ever like, oh, I want to be a millionaire someday? Because that was real prevalent with me. Like when I was young, I was just like, yo, bro, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be rich. But not everyone I talk to really is like, has that same Not kind of, everyone's like that. Yeah. Like, which I I always I feel like everyone's like that. I never but. really I never really thought about that because like if I if I wanted to to do something with my life to become a millionaire and 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 become rich, I wouldn't have gotten into making music. Mm. Like, period. Because even if the money might be good, sometimes. It's a fucking pain in the ass to get. Mm. Nothing is easy. No one wants to pay you out. No one wants to do anything properly. Yeah. Whether it's a label, whether it's an artist, like even if they're not doing it on purpose, like because a lot of, you know, even if you're like an engineer, like a lot of engineers get kind of punked out of being paid a lot just because even the even the artists, like you know, somebody might have like really made it for themselves, come up out of the trenches, overcame a lot of adversity and made a lot of money they feel real attached to and are like, it's it's hard for them to to part with. Even if they're paying for something that somebody did in the service, it's like a lot of people's time isn't equally respected. Yeah. And it's it's like it's like an uphill battle to try to get paid by labels, by artists, by all sorts of people until you're really an established person in there that has a reputation for not being able to be pushed over that easy. So it's like not fun dealing with that shit, but like, you know, I'm, I'm at a point where it's like, I, I make music for a living. So like, I have to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I try as hard as I can to not let that cloud my brain as far as, making music goes because like I said I, I didn't get into it for money a lot of people did a lot of people saw like damn I can steal a bunch of software and a off a computer I had from I stole from my high school lab yeah allegedly and allegedly <laughs> and allegedly download a bunch of software and like uh make a hit song and make beats and and you know it's like a way a way out of a struggle for a lot of people yeah um and i'm not and a lot of those people are dumb fucking talented make really dope music but my intentions behind everything and my driving force that makes me do stuff would just didn't come from that same place so i just i just think making music is fucking cool i think being able to like call Interscope and yell at them about some shit fucking up a mix or getting something mastered wrong. Like, that's just kind of funny to me. 
being able to like make a phone call like that. Like, oh yeah, I can get Interscope online. Like, boop. Get it, yeah, get like it, get if I told myself there. that like eight years ago, I would have laughed at myself. So it's it's definitely cool, but like I just try to, you know, keep stuff for the right reasons. For me personally, at least. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got to find joys in the little in the little nuances and stuff like that. It's not like you said; it's not always about the money. I like how we're painting this picture here non-linearly. That's uh, that's the way to say it. Like I like how how uh, we're kind of tapping back to the story, uh, your come up story, um, versus you know a lot of times I end up doing it linearly, and I think it, it comes off more interesting when we when we when we're able to branch off like this. So, the picture so far that you painted me is um, you know. Grew up in in uh, mountains of Colorado, kind of just this like you know rock star you know trippy hippie lifestyle. You get into making beats and stuff, all for the love of making beats. How do you? What was like your first step into the industry? Um, honestly, on some f- funny shit, like because you know I'd always like done stuff with like homies in the bedroom type vibes, like nothing serious. But after like five years of just you know, being in like the dubstep and EDM world, I like came out here for like a meeting. Like my my dad met somebody who he said like, oh yeah, my son is into making music. And then like lined up some like just meeting to talk to some guy that works at Paramount, like on some random shit. Or he met, I think who met like Chris Lord Algae, like the mix oh, engineer. Oh, right there, yeah. Um, but I had no idea who the fuck he was. Like, I didn't know what that shit was. I was like 16 at the time. Um, I only know him from the Waves plugins. That's how yeah, I yeah, the dude from the Waves plugins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I was able to like go like talk to him and I'm like in there explaining to him about like making beats on MPC. Like, I have no, like, I, I don't know what all the shit in the studio does. Like, I don't know shit about what engineering is, what mixing is. At that point, or at still, that point, oh, okay. and then, um, you know, I'm back in Denver. I moved to England for a little bit, and then come back, and then like drive out to LA to have like another kind of like meeting like that. And then I just was crashing at my sister's house, and just never drove back home, and just stayed out here. And over the course of time, like I was just out here partying, going to like warehouse parties and raves and shit and then um a friend of mine named uh champagne drip is his dj name he invited me to like a session like a songwriter session he had up in burbank so i went up there he needed a ride so i drove him up there he's like yeah i know you're into this sort of stuff like you should like tag along like all right so they were like working on music for my little pony and it was like a bunch of like toy. dubstep DJs and like drug addict fucking producers with like straight edge songwriters thrown in a room <laughs> to make cut uh to make music for like some new fucking gender ambiguous DJ pony on the show. Okay. It was some weird fucking situation, but like the the engineer they had there had like just broken his leg. And was like hopping around the studio to adjust the mic and shit on one foot. And I'm like, yo, do you like need help? He's like, yeah, that'd be great, actually. And then started assisting for him. Um, So then I was getting learning Pro Tools and being thrown into these like pop sessions for like DJ White Shadow, 
um, who's like, it was all like Lady Gaga's producers. Okay. Like on some like real pop shit and like doing demo songs for like big people. Um, so like I kind of learned how to use Pro Tools and, and record people like in a professional way all through pop music. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, I'm having like Fredo Santana pretty much living at my house. How'd you even meet Fredo? Um, lean. <laughs> and then like my roommate at the time was like a lean head. And then we went to like pick some shit up and meet up. And we were wound up at her boy's house. And then I walk in there, bro. I had never heard of Fredo Santana. I have no idea who the hell he is. Mm. I like don't really know much about Chief Keef. Like I didn't know shit about the current state of rap music at the time. Yeah, um, you were more into the dubstep shit. Yeah, like I didn't know hip-hop. shit what was going on. Um, and I I walk in, and I just hear some like bad music being played. Like it was around the time Fredo had like that Double Cup song just come out. Um, so I walk in there just on some like lean escapade, and. I'm literally like, yeah, what the fuck are y'all listening to? This shit sounds horrible. Y'all like polluting the air with this shit. Like I was saying some wild shit. Yeah. Um, and then it was almost like the fucking record skit. Like, skirt. And like Fredo turns around and he's like, huh? The fuck you say? Make it sound better then. I'm like, I'll try. So then I just like sit down and tweak with the song for like 20, 30 minutes and make it sound better. And then they're like, oh shit. Do that to this song. And then just started doing shit with Fredo. Damn. Um and then that was, that was a bold, a bold way to Oh, I should have died. <laughs> I should not have walked out of that room. Um but luckily I'm still here and became really close with him. Um and then in the process too, um I met DY. I don't know if it was over at Hurt Boy's house. I think it was over at Hurt Boy's. And then I had the studio spot we were able to use for like a couple hundred dollars a night. And so like he would start coming over there. And then he ended up doing like a tape with Fredo, that uh, Fredo Mafia tape. Okay. Um, so I was just working a lot with DY and, and Fredo essentially to get into what I do now. Um, and then throughout that process, you know, being around Fredo, meeting like Chief Keef and everybody. And then, uh, with DY, he was like, oh man, Sizzle gonna love this spot. I'm like, who? Like, I don't, like, I really had no idea who anybody was. Yeah. Um, so then at some point DY brings Southside over and then, you know, like at that point I'm used to like pop sessions where it's like, we're working on one song for 12 hours, mm. two days, perfecting every little layer, every little thing about it. So Southside comes over. I have no idea who he is. This dude sits down, cooks up 20 of the hardest fucking beats I've ever heard in my life. Like, period. And then right after that, he's like, all right, let's record. And then knocks out like 14 songs Damn. in like 12 hours. And all the songs were good as fuck, too. So I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, people work like this? Like, yeah. this is crazy. And then, um, and like, I'm just trying to keep up. Because I'm not really that 
good at engineering at that point. You know, I'm I'm used to Fredo speed. Like we're we're doing like a song a day, maybe okay. half a song a day. Like, cause he would he had to like really try to get music out. Mm. So I'd never seen someone like Southside just come in and like make music at that speed. I was just amazed. So I I just kept doing shit with him. That's that Gucci Atlanta. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and 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 something that was really cool about Southside is that like you know a lot of people don't realize it, but he's an incredible rapper. Not fact. Like really fucking good rapper. Um, and you know, like he's recorded thousands of songs. Like he's sitting on so much fucking music of himself that he made. And I don't know if he does it for fun. Some stuff gets released, like, but he's like practicing. He's learning what, how, like, what do I need in a beat? How do I need to make my beats for people? Um, and and while it's all going on, I'm able to learn how to record and how to keep up, how to add the effects, how to do certain things. And I'm essentially learning how to use Pro Tools and engineer with him while he's rapping. Um, Let me pause you real quick while we're on this subject. Yeah. For the engineers out there, man, what are, what are some gems you can give without, I know we don't got Pro Tools pulled up, but how can people let, how can people speed up their workflow, man, so they're, they're keeping up with artists? Okay, well, that's, like, the name of the game right there. Yeah. Because at first, like, I was not very quick, but, like, speed is everything. And and being able to make split-second decisions of what you need to do is everything. So I think I see a lot of engineer people that, like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I learned Pro Tools a little bit, and they'll be around, and they're just trying to, like, plug beats and just kind of do some, like, it's not I'm a fucking nerd about that shit. Yeah. Like, I stay up and read articles and, like, uh, man- hardware manuals for compressors and equalizers and like learn about each piece of equipment, what it does, when to use it, how to use it, why to use it. Passion. Whether it's whether it's in a an old Yamaha book from the 80s, whether it's in a manual for a Neve compressor, like there's a lot of gems. Even like the Universal Audio, like the UAD, like the Apollo everyone uses, you know, they're like an incredible plug-in company the manuals they have for the gear because all the gear or all the plugins that they make are models of actual hardware units. Emulation type shit. And they have all those real manuals for the... Oh, for the old school gear. For the old school gear. Hey, that's a gem. As the manual for their gear because Mm. it's the real licensed model of it. Right, right. And then on top of that, they've got tips, presets, so you can go and see like... uh, like some like uh you can do an EQ preset for a guitar. Why is it at those frequencies? And then play around with them and see how it shapes the sound and it starts to make sense to you. So you know when to do certain things, why to do certain things, and paying attention all the time to how sound works. Um, you know, like when I was in Denver and doing dubstep shit, like I was setting up sound systems, building PA systems, 
and running sound checks. And uh, I was able to like hear the same song in hundreds of places on hundreds of different speakers mm. and see how it reacted and sounded differently in different places. And then like, I might go make adjustments on that to see how it sounds next time I'm able to play it on a big sound system and just paying attention to, to like how music reacts to different sound systems, different environments, different rooms. Um, and just being a fucking nerd about it. Like at the end of the day, you can't replace hundreds and thousands of hours of, of studying yeah, right. and practice. Cause at the end of the day, it's everything. And that's why I cherish being able to work with like Southside and Fredo as closely as I did when I first met them, because I was practicing, I was learning and they were, they were letting me learn while working with them. Mm. Um, Cause you know, Southside moved so fast. Like, you know, he'd be yelling at me like, bro, come on, like go faster. Like, why can't you double up the beat like this? Like, I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm trying, I'm learning, I'm going to get it. And for some reason he had the patience to kind of let me, you know, do that. Maybe I had a good ear and the shit sounded good, but like I, I had to really learn how to speed up and learn shortcuts, learn, um, make split second decision. What kind of compressors need and why, in what order. For, to make this voice sound good. How am I going to add the effect you just asked for like that? Yeah. Um, how am I going to structure all my files so that I can pull up a certain beat? I can know the tempo and the key to plug in the auto tune and everything like that. You have to be doing everything split second decisions because then like, yo, we're going over. Uh, we got young thug coming over. First time that happened, I'm shitting my pants. Like, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I'm not. I'm not Alex Tume, bro. I, like, fuck. And then being able to like survive that was like a moment where I'm like, okay. Was it easier or harder than you thought it would be? Both. Mm. <laughs> um, like, but I mean, that was kind of early on for me. But like, yeah. not at this point, like, I'm just excited about that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at first, it's like it's scary. Yeah. So you could fuck up once and just be kicked out of the room. And no one ever, like, want to do shit with you. Like, you know, Thug used to chump people off and engineers off like crazy. Um, so just my advice to anyone wanting to do that is, like, you got to want to do it and, like, spend the time learning about it. Mm -hmm. Like, the fundamentals of the shit. Um, and then at the end of the day, like, experience is everything. Like, if I wasn't able to just sit around and make music with my friends or do shit with Southside or, or do shit with Fredo and try doing stuff and experiment, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So like you can't replace experience, but like you don't have to be in the room with a A-list person to get experience by any means. Um, you just have to try yeah. and not be scared to try. Yeah, I think I think the passion's big too. Because even on even on my show, like I always kind of preach to producers like that are looking for how, okay, how how can I network? I'm like, you know, there's 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 a a great benefit to engineering because there's always a need for engineers. There's engineering and picking up a camera and being and having that skill set 
that can get you into rooms. But at the same time, you know, it's like you can't just you can't just have that. Um, uh, you got to have that good intention. Um, like you can't just be like, you know, I, I hate this engineering shit. I hate cameras, but I'm using it as a tool. You got There's got to be some kind of uh, passion for it. I mean, for sure. Like I'm at a point right now personally where I'm like, man, because like being a mix engineer and being a recording engineer are like two different things. Right, right, right. Like you have to be a recording engineer to become a mix engineer. But like being a, just a mix engineer, someone that just gets to like, you're on your own schedule, you're mixing projects and like, it's like a prestigious thing. Yeah. And then being a recording engineer, it's like you're putting in the crazy ass hours with maybe crazy ass people, maybe getting in crazy ass situations <laughs> in Atlanta at four in the morning outside of a strip club, whatever the but fuck it, seems it is. But for you, so like that's where the, that's where the I joy mean, is. It's like, it's like, more fun. It's, it's fun. It's interesting. You learn a lot, but like, I was just at a point like six months ago, like right after Juice passed away, I was like, all right, bro, I just, I haven't been on my own schedule in like five years. Mm. Like, I just want to be on me time for a little bit and was try like to transition, bur- like into, and transition into mixing more. Was um, it like a burnout moment kind of thing? Not a burnout. I lost like a lot of drive and inspiration after Juice passed because. That's understandable though. Not only because you know Fredo passed away too, and I like that was my fucking brother. Mm. So that was that was painful for its own reasons. And but you know, no no offense, like you know, the music wasn't the kind of shit that I was doing with Juice. Um, you know, that was all for personal reasons not just personal and like, wow, I feel like I'm contributing to the, I'm contributing to the culture of the earth by making what I'm making with juice. Like this shit was just different. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I just really wasn't like, I was like going back over back with Migos and shit. And I was like, man, I'm just like, you know, I love making music with these guys. I love Migos music, but like, I don't feel like I'm breaking any new ground here. I'm not breaking any barriers. Like, I'm just sitting here working, and it feels like work instead of feeling like, man, I'm making some shit. It felt like work. So I've just kind of over the last like month or two, just really been getting back into doing sessions like with people instead of just mixing from home and like making beats with people again. Where are you at with it now? Like I said, like I've I've just been like recording with YB all this week. Um, I was doing shit with uh, Southside's artist Raw Youngin a couple weeks ago. Um, I feel bad. I've kind of been like dodging Offset. I just didn't feel like being over there. Like I, I've really just been trying like not to work in person as much. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing a lot of like mixing stuff for uh, the post humorous how the fuck you say that post uh, hum yeah so for that Juice album and then some like singles that came out so I was like spending a lot of time mixing and, and trying to put a lot of care into um, some songs I had to mix um, so yeah, I like, and I I just went to Colorado for a few months and said like fuck everybody, I'm gonna go fucking 
hike in the woods mm. and go trip mushrooms for a few weeks. I swear I was just going <laughs> to say eat shrooms. I swear. Yeah, and just kind of reset. So I just got back out to California like a few weeks ago to just kind of like get back into work mode. So was that that little break and stuff you took that that was uh that was good? Benefit yeah, came from it? It was good, bro. Everyone should trip more often. It definitely helps clear your mind up. It's been hell long for me, bro. It's been like six, seven years. Yeah, you need to go I'm up almost into like the, nervous. You need to go to the woods with like a quarter of mushrooms. <laughs> Shit's healthy for you. Back some some think. good scenery or some shit. That'd yeah, it's, it's almost fall. It's time to do it. All the leaves are changing. Facts. Shit looks great. Tap, tap back in with the with the world and with the universe. Yeah. Um, not for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, oh, I, while we're, the last thing I'm asking about the engineering thing, I've always wanted to ask someone. You you fuck with those little ball wheel mouses? Oh yeah, I got. I keep mine with that. Why do engineers love those so much, bro? I. I I've tried to use them, bro. I can't. I can't get into it. Keep that shit right here. Within reach, my baby. Make beats with it. Do everything, bro. I can go so fast. Like, to I me, I'm just, like, I can scroll through an entire session. You can throw. You can throw that shit. So you can scroll the whole session. Yeah. You can throw the ball. The pointers. Boom. It's right there. You just have so much control. You got like four buttons to click on shit. You can assign all the buttons to do different stuff. It's like having a scuff controller. Like if you're playing PlayStation, this is a scuff controller for the computer. It's it's the controller that's got all like the the extra paddles and buttons on it that aren't supposed to be there. It's kind of cheating, but not really. Mm. Um, So you can be like doing crazy jump shots and all this stuff that like people be doing in Call of Duty. This is just a scuff controller for a computer. So like... I got used to it, and I'm so happy I did. And also, it's supposed to be, like, good for your wrist or some shit. So you don't get carpal tunnel. Yeah, moving. And I don't really care about this shit. It's just fast. Yeah. Like, if you want to be fast in Pro Tools, you have yeah. to use this shit. Certain brand you recommend? It's I don't know if it's patented, but Kensington makes these things. Actually, they, were supposed, they tried to sponsor me. Um, shout out Kensington. Oh, shit. Lock it in, man. <laughs> But um, yeah, I've always I just always wonder what it is about. I mean, I figured it was a speed thing. You it's know a speed. I mean? It's a speed thing, but it's also like a ergonomic health thing. Yeah. Um, which I think is the main purpose of it. But yeah, you got to learn how to use one of those. Like a regular mouse is like hard for me to use now. Yeah. But yeah, they're definitely weird. So That's definitely man. But yeah, man. I mean, shit. Looking at these, uh, looking back at these records, um. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, we covered, you know, juice and everything, man. Um, so when you first, when you first um, started working with Southside, what, when, when was that? Like, what, what year, Ron? Maybe twenty sixteen. I think. Okay. So pretty recently, fairly. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm not like I haven't been in the current game. I'm in like no, nah, maybe it was twenty fifteen. Okay. Um. Well, but, that's a big difference. I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is. A lot of shit happened in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I haven't been doing it forever by any means. Like, I've been kind of involved in music in different ways for 12 years at least. But, like, in the current form of what I do, yeah, it's only been since, like, 2015. Wow. Um, And, like, really on a comfortably professional level for, like, since 2017. And then actually really feeling 
comfortably a professional maybe over the last like two, two and a half years. Um, just like, I think just after working with a number of people that like I would normally or would have used to be like shitting my pants having to work with them because I think I'm not going to be able to do it. Whether it's like Thug or Uzi or um, like Cardi B. What's the most important? Like, is it their auto-tune <laughs> setting? What's the most like intimidating thing or like the most important thing about working? It's the... I don't even know how to explain it, bro. Just like not being a weirdo. Mm. Like, because it's a really personal interaction you have. Like, for example, um, on some like Ricardi B songs that I was working on, like she's walking, like I've, I have a studio set up at, at their house and she's like walking downstairs in a bathrobe, literally, to like go like record a song at like nine in the morning. Like, it's just like it's personal shit. Um, so just being able to be cool, interact, like not be a weirdo and not just be thirsty trying to plug your own beats. Like, cause like if I go into a session, like I'm a producer, but if I'm going somewhere to record, like I'm, I'm, I'm working, like I'm being paid to record. So yeah. I'm not going there to play my beats. So if like Atlantic hires me for a session, I'm not going to go to a session to work with that artist and then just be like, yo, you got to do my beats, dog. Like, yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm there to do what like you guys need me to do. So I think being able to like know your role and like know what you're actually there to do is important. And then, because like people that do too much is way worse than not doing enough. Mm. Like doing too much is like, it's just annoying. What are some key doing too much moments? Like I was just saying, bro, like engineers trying to have some scheme going on to pull up certain beats and get artists on beats for their homies or for themselves or, or whatever instead of just like ins <laughs> instead of just working for the artists that you're supposed to be there with. Okay. Like you're you're supposed to be helping them achieve what they want to achieve. I want to like um like you know like working on Playboy Cardi was like a big thing to me. Like that was fun. And it's like I'm not there to I'm not there for me. I'm there for him. I'm there to make help him get whatever he's thinking or feeling out and into the computer. So like, you know, that's, that's like what your job is. It's like, how can you help the artist get their idea out and into the, and into the world? Yeah. Cause while it's in their head, that shit doesn't exist yet. So whatever you can do to help them be comfortable to put it out, through, through words and into the microphone and into the computer and, and actually capture it well and pristine and high quality and in a way to format it into like a good song, like that's what you're there to do. You're there to help the artists make their music. It's not about me. It's 100% about the artists. Um, and I'm there on behalf of Interscope, you know, like, or even as a homie to to Playboy Cardi, it's like I'm not there to 
like they didn't call me like, yo, Max, we want you to pull up to play beats for us. And, and like, no, it's like, yo, come record Cardi. Or Cardi call like, hey, bro, come on, pull up. Like, my job is to help them. It's not to help me. So I think people definitely do get that twisted. And that is doing too much. What about giving input and being like, and I didn't like that take or you could do people that appreciate that because, you know, there's a lot of like, yes, men in the world. Yeah. And on top of that, there's a lot of, um, the people are like scared to speak their mind sometimes. Like, I don't know if it's always a good thing, but sometimes it is, but like, I speak my mind. If I think something's bad, I'll tell someone like, yo, that shit sucks. Like, I mean, but you got to be able to explain why you think that. Mm. Like, if you just say like, oh, that sucks. Like, they'll be like, why'd you say it sucks? Like, what's wrong with it? What should I do? And then actually have constructive criticism. But like, you got to, you got to be able to get that across properly. Like, because that's part of helping the artist get get the song out. Um, like, they might ask you, like, yo, like, do you think that take was good? And then, like, a lot of people might be like, yeah, it's great, because <laughs> they don't know any better. But it's like, I know you could do better. Like, something about it, like, just didn't give me that feeling. Say it a little stronger, maybe try it in a lower tone. Try to go like, duh, instead of the note you were doing was like kind of out of key a little bit. Like just being constructive instead of just being an extra purse, just an extra body filling space in the room, breathing air, not doing anything instead of, you know, being willing to help. I feel like it's like a fine balance between obviously, you know, on on the I'm on the spectrum of all the way to being a yes man, like, or yeah, man, that sounds great. Like and being able, okay, well, you're kind of useless. I can't ask you for your opinion. But then there's also, and I find this a lot with older engineers. Shout out to the older older engineers. I don't want to make them mad, but like <laughs> guys that may be like, oh yeah, I, I uh, you know, I recorded Metallica and I recorded these guys, and like you ask them their opinion, and they're kind of, and then uh, or maybe they're just like super vocal about giving their opinion, or you should do it like this, and it's like, bro, this is not kind of what we're going for, and they kind of like try to produce the record. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, their job was so much more demanding. Yeah. Like, when you're recording a whole fucking band with, like, a wall of guitar amplifiers and 40 microphones going into the console and, like, recording to tape and not into a computer, like, those guys deserve to be able to say whatever the fuck they want. Mm. Like, the guys that were recording Metallica can say whatever the fuck they want to anybody because they were doing some shit that is not easy. Mm. Like, I couldn't even imagine doing that shit. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. So, like, miking up drum kits properly, like 12 different microphones with a specific microphone sounds right for each part of the drum set and each part of the room. Like, it's like that shit's just so complicated. <laughs> so, older engineers can talk as much shit as they want. They have every right to. Because they came from a very different time before computers made everything easy. Mm-hmm. And before we were all making beats and computers and using one channel on the board to have one microphone chain go through. Yeah. Like, our shit's easy, comparatively. 
Um, there's still a lot you can fuck up, but like, uh, yeah, they, they can say whatever they want. And then tying back, tying that back into like constructive criticism or not being a yes man. It's like people appreciate that. Like, especially someone they've got to sit there and make the song with is like, cause they can ask like, yo, is this, is this good? Do you, was the delivery on that good? And being mm-hmm. able to, you know, respond honestly. And not being afraid to say yes either. Like, I'm not just going to say no every time. Like, if something's good, like, yeah, bro, that was good. Like, let's keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Even if it wasn't perfect. But, like, sometimes you got to be able to tell, like, I don't want him to get stuck trying to say this bar 20 times. Like, he said it. If we need to come back and change it after, I'd rather us keep moving to finish the song. Because, you know, sometimes it feels like a long process when somebody just gets stuck on a bar for 10 minutes at a time. And then a minute later gets stuck on another bar for another 10 minutes. It's like, it, it, that's when it starts getting kind of like, uh, okay, this is starting to feel like work a little bit. Yeah. Instead of like when shit's just moving quick and you're able to keep that energy on. What about like towards the end of a long ass session where nothing sounds good, nothing sounds bad. You're just burnt. Like have you ever fell, fell asleep during a session or something like that? Um, I mean, I'm cursed with like not being able to sleep. So like, I'll definitely get like tired and cranky and like, just not want to be awake. Like that happened to me earlier today. (laughs) Um, where, you know, like I just woke up to do this feeling like dreading in the back of my head like fuck I'm gonna be tired I have to go back to a session in a couple of hours hey man we like, did, we're doing pretty good here though. no 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 I'm just saying like you know <laughs> like that that mentality definitely happens um and like I personally haven't fallen asleep in the chair more than like once maybe twice but uh yeah, I mean, it takes a, a certain type of person to just be able to stay up for days at a time on the artist's schedule to be able to do that. If you have to take the same drugs to be in the same vibe as them, fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying do drugs, but <laughs> like, I always want to try to be on the same the same level so I can understand what they're doing. Now, I that can't, be, I can't, I can't afford to pay two thousand dollars a day in lean. But like, shit, I want to know what it's like so I can understand what they're talking about. I want to know what it's like to withdraw off that shit once or twice in my life so I like know what the fuck they're going through, why they might be acting a certain way, why they might be saying some shit. So like being able to actually connect with what they're saying or how they're acting could can be like an important thing to understanding the artist that you're working with. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that has to be with drugs because... I don't know. For all that, nobody does drugs, allegedly. Uh, you know, so it's like consult your doctor before taking. Yeah, it. yeah, type shit. <laughs> um, I don't condone any of that, but like, it's important to understand and be able to to vibe with the people you work with, and not be afraid to work with the people that might be just around you that aren't somebody yet, and be able to vibe with them and create. And I think a lot of young engineers and a lot of young producers are just trying to reach out. Like, I don't know how people keep figuring out my fucking email, but like kids send me beats all the fucking time. Like, yo, like I'm a new producer. I think like, uh, 21 Savage would sound great on this beat. Like, yo, I want Southside to hear this. Like, bro, like what, 
Go make music with your friends, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think like, some, I that's th- what that's what we all did. Like look at like Southside and Sunny and Metro and Twenty One and and like Waka Flocka. Like bro, these guys just were making music with their friends, bro. Yeah. I was just making music with my friends, learning how to do everything. Like, Let, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, address, let's address that, though, because we've, we've honestly, we, we've had a lot of people come on the show and be like, yo, engineers are the cheat code, man. If you get in cool with the engineer, they can play stuff for you, which I feel like, you know, there's, there's truth to that. But then there's also, like, going back to exactly what you're talking about, like a producer reaching out to you, like, obviously, obviously there's no real value exchange right there because it's not like you're sitting there like, damn, this is a perfect 21 beat. This is, this is going to, you know Oh, well, I mean? but the thing is, is like, I come from, I'm cu- coming from 808 Mafia, coming from a producer background, coming from a group of producers. I stay booted up with beats. Yeah. There's no shortage. And especially, but even not in just random shit. I've got lumps, like, you know, like good, like good beats for every fucking occasion. Yeah. Color coded, put into folders okay. for different feelings. Like, I've got that shit fucking organized. Yeah. Because, I've, I can't even count the number of times where I've walked into a room and like people expect me to have shit. Like, oh, you Southside's boy, you got beats. Mm. Oh, uh, I met you with DY, you got beats. Like, juice all the time. Yo, pull up beats. And like being able to read the room, what the vibe is, what's the energy going on, what sort of shit are people wanting? Like, are we about to make the fucking hood anthem of... 2020 or are we about to make like a love song like reading the vibes reading the rooms and then having the stuff knowing where it is and who made it um where like i'm not taking beats from people i don't know but like i'm in a position where everyone that i have beats from is Southside, dy wheezy metro uh gezin palace kbz um, my boy Stein from Amsterdam like he was like like I have this homie named Stein from Amsterdam who just he makes like kind of wonky just funny beats but like they're tight and he at first when I started working working fucking around with Juice he was the only person that would give me beats because mm-hmm. everyone else is like Man, I never heard of that kid, bro. Like, I, I ain't just gonna send beats. And this is like, I'm hearing that from, you know, I'm not gonna say who, but, you know, like people I normally depend on for beats. So then, like, I go to him, like, hey, bro, like, I'm working with this kid. I think your shit would work really well with him. And he sends me like a 20 pack, and we like work on all those beats. And, you know, like as a producer, like you don't want to be too bougie. Like I see Southside all the time, like meeting and like trying to work with, you know, people that no one's ever heard of um, and not being afraid to do that because, you know, that can really be really helpful for yourself. Like you never know what somebody might do. And then, you know, like fast forward two years, like we're with Juice on touring with Nicki Minaj, passed through Amsterdam and like, yo, Stein, like pull up to the hotel, bro. We're cooking up. Like come meet Juice finally. Like, and you know, there's some kid in Amsterdam who's getting to 
you know, be with an American fucking superstar chilling, cooking up because he wasn't too bougie to send beats to somebody he didn't know based off of me asking like, yo, I think like me reaching out to him for it and just trusting that. But, um, you know, it's like, like I was saying, like people expect me to have beats. So I, I just make sure to stay loaded up with them. There's been times where like I'm with Juice and we got to Young Thug's studio and, you know, having a, a relationship with Thug, you know, he's like, Maxwell, uh, I know you got a beat, bro. Come on, find a beat. And then like literally being able to go click on the first fucking beat because I've listened to all of them. I've color coded them. I know what vibe they are. The very first one is one they make a song to and it comes out on Juice's album. Uh, it was that On God song. Uh, D.Y. made it. That's a talent right there. So like being able to read the room and know what you have is, is really fucking important. So you're low-key like an A&R for beat? Indirectly, yeah. Like that And there's some DJ happened. skills in there too because you're reading the room. And being able to read the room, that's an old DJ skill. Yeah. Um, that's, why I, that's why I say just paying attention to everything over time is how you are able to like, you know, operate yeah. and, and be confident in, in your abilities. Um, you know, it's not even just experience, but just paying attention to other people's experiences. Just even if you're just in the room, if you're not doing something, just being able to like take mental notes. Mm-hmm. Why would something work or not work? Why would something be the right thing to do? Why would something be the right beat to play? Why would... That, you know, because for a lot of engineers, it's like they're going to, you know, a lot of rappers are going to like be digging through their phone to try to find beats or like their actual A&R from the label is going to be, you know, trying to link them with certain producers or they might have a session with a producer or whatever it is. And then my situation is just a little bit different just from the, you know, having met everyone with Southside. They just expect me like, hey, you got you got Southside beats or you got TM beats or whoever it is like, and you know, having them, staying up, staying in touch with everybody, being able to go to a session with a with an artist and be like, oh, y'all, y'all haven't been able to get in touch with Wheezy. Hey, bro, come on, please send a pack, bro. You know, I bet. And then getting it sent over, or just texting them like. You know, I might text a producer like if we're in a session and someone's like, we're, we're looking for beats and we can't find what we're looking for. If the stuff they had wasn't it, like, you know, I'll sit there and text somebody like, yo, like need this kind of beat. Like, mm-hmm. do you have anything right now? Mm-hmm. And then it'll be three in the morning. Maybe they'll answer and send some shit over and it might be what we need. So it seems like you kind of just explained to me that it's not so much about uh, transactional relationships with engineers like well I did this for him I provided yeah value, that shit's so whack I'm so. expecting him to do this it's kind of just like but there's a lot of that that happens yeah yeah and that's just bogus to me yeah. like I like it's just not like authentic yeah. like I, I didn't come here to do shit like that yeah. like I don't want to be on some transactional interactions like I at the end of the day I want to make music with my friends mm-hmm. like you know, sometimes it's work and I might not like be that close to somebody, but like 
I still want it to feel like, you know, I don't want to be in just some transactional little. Yeah. You want to be. That's like, a perfect word yeah. for it. You're like, man, I want like it's got to be like, man. Let me hit my boy up. Like it's this that vibe. It's not like, well, this kid just did a favor for me, so he's top of mind. It's not like that. It's not transactional. Not at all. Like even, even with like KBZ, like I don't like he would be in like my DMs and shit, or like I might have hit him up. I don't even remember. Like two years ago, and um. Like, you know, he, like, sent me some beats, and I, like, was listening to him. I'm like, oh, it's actually kind of fire. Juice might like this sort of shit. And then, like, called him, talked to him. Got to know him before going in to play the beats. Because, like, I didn't know him. So, like, I want to at least talk to you before I do that. Make sure you're not going to be on some weird shit. Because, you know, the music is good. It's right. It fits. So... You know, it turned out that like Juice's managers were ended up trying to plug us in with KBZ like a year and a half after we had already done a bunch of songs on the beats, just from you know the the producer world of just like talking to different producers, being sent shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know being being on the lookout for people that are dope, but like. You know, not being afraid to reach out to people, talk to people, get to know them because you want to, you want to make sure the process is going to be smooth. You don't want to, you know, pull up a beat from somebody that's then going to try to like hit that label for like a quarter million dollars for the beat. Like, and everyone's going to be pissed off. And I've seen that shit happen, unfortunately. And, and had that happen. Yeah. So like, you know, you just, you just got to make sure whoever you're choosing to work with in those situations is like gonna be cool to work with. So, cause you know, sometimes people aren't always cool in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, cause you don't even know if a song's going to come out most of the time. So like, you know, it's just when people get kind of big headed, it, it, it'll definitely, be like a roadblock in the process but yeah it's definitely for me it's been important to stay booted up with beats always but okay. I'm ex- people expect that of me so try to do that for sure so man um, before before I get out of here man uh, let's talk about big picture man uh, you know maybe maybe a uh, long-term goal. Maybe it's not as long-term, but what, uh, what, uh, what's going on with you? Big picture. Maybe it was from uh, a revelation you had in the eating mushrooms in Colorado. Man, I want to be able to just live on a ranch someday, man. Have some fucking goats and horses and all that shit. Like, and a studio. Like I've actually been, uh, Rex Kudo has been like working over at like Rick Rubin's house, which has like a crazy ass studio. It's like on the beach and it's just like a fucking vibe over there. And like, I want to be able to be on some shit like that where like still involved in making music, even if I'm old man, like having a space and like a studio environment where, where people can come work. Cause like, you know, coming from dubstep, like Rex has been over there like with Skrillex for the last like month and it's like 
that shit's so wild to me to be able to go like hang out and make music with Skrillex. Like, you know, that might not mean a lot to a lot of producers that might watch this, but that's like, like I didn't know who Southside was when I met him. Mm. Like I looked up to Skrillex. He was the shit. So like getting to meet him and work with him is like, yo, this is fucking crazy. Like that's, that's where I got that moment. It wasn't with Southside. Like Southside was just like, that's my boy. That's, that's whatever. So I just think uh, being able to like create environments like that is, is, is special. And I, and I used to have that at like an old house I had that had a studio where, you know, people would always roll through. And I think having creative environments that are kind of melting pots is like really important mm. just for the continuation of the culture. Mm. That's how um, McConan, 21, Sony Digital, Southside, Young Thug, all those guys were like, and Alex Tume, you know, from engineering side, I think, I don't know if it was Main Street Studios or Triangle, hot like beats. some shit in Atlanta. Hot, hot beats. Hot beats, hot tracks, some shit. Like that was one of those just like melting pots of a, of a studio environment, of like a space where history got made. Mm-hmm. And, and the right people were able to be at the right place at the right time. And I think going into the future, I want to be able to have a place that's the right place that people can be at at the right time and continue to like push sound forward. Because at the end of the day, I, I think making music is fucking a really cool phenomenon. And being able to help progress everything forward is like, at the end of the day, all I really want to be able to do, whether it's like a monetary thing or just a cultural thing. It's like, I want to be able to help further that down the road. Um, so, you know, try to figure out how to run it up enough right now to be able shit, buy a piece of land out. Others well, back in Colorado, but like build a fucking crazy ass studio at it. Yeah. Have people come out there. It's like the shit they've been doing in Wyoming. Uh, Kanye shit, like with some Kanye shit. Yeah. Like, like that's the kind of place that I'm from. That's the, like when they're going out and with trucks and dirt bikes and ATVs yeah. and all, like that's like my normal home life. Mm. And like, you know, clearly people are going out and seeking that to be in a creative environment. Yeah. You know, like it'd be cool to have something in LA because everybody winds up here. Yeah, it's a destination. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people know me. So many people think I live in Atlanta. People think I'm an Atlanta engineer. Uh-huh. Like, no. You out there a lot or no? Not these days. Yeah. But like everyone I work with is from Atlanta, but it would be like when they were out here. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll go down there sometimes, but everybody's out in LA essentially. So it would be cool to have something like that here. But, you know, big picture in the long run, I just want to be able to be on some shit that like Rick Rubin's doing right now. Cause he he he's putting people in rooms that are like, you know, pushing boundaries and going against the grain of what a genre is, yeah. and creating the space for people to do that in. I think that's a big uh, a gem to highlight there too. The uh, of having a space, you know, what I mean, like even if you're not even necessarily part of the creativity, there's a lot of um, you can you can start you can start building relationships and getting shit moving uh 
I'd say pretty quick by having a space and, you know, doing your networking and having that place, like oh, a place that people know they can fall fall into at the end mm-hmm. of the night and work in like, you know, a destination out here, you know what I mean? Type shit. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been like going and working doing sessions and then at like two in the morning driving out to fucking Malibu to go pull up on them over there. Cause like Rex Kudo doesn't fucking sleep and he doesn't let anybody sleep that's around him. And they just stay up for like fucking five days at a time. Yeah. Burnt as fuck making what at the time seems like, like what are we even working on? And then like you hear it a couple of days later, and it's like a fucking. It's not even like rap music. It's like just good music. Um, and like a cool thing that happened with that is uh, one of Juice's best friends, his name is uh, Carlton or CJ, was like this dope ass guitar player. Just you know, like a good, good natured kid from Chicago that he grew up with, and. You know, Rex, like, after Juice passed, Juice, or Rex, like, was like, hey, like, come back out to California. Like, come come help me, uh, like, work on some music. Like, you're dope at playing guitar, all this. Like, I want to try to keep this little family we had together. And, you know, bringing that dude out, having Skrillex over there working with, like, Bobby Raps and uh, Corbin, Spooky Black, and... You know, I'll pull up over there and just having like just little melting pots of uh, and like Zakari has been over there. Um, he did a lot of shit with Kendrick, like just just being in these like kind of eclectic. Oh, and then like the keyboardist and bassist from like the Black Crows, mm. this dude, Adam, he's like probably 55, 50 years old, like shit. Going and doing like live Moog synthesizer bass parts on all these songs, working on an MIA album. Like, it's just super eclectic and really cool to be a part of. And that's just some shit I just rolled up to after being at some super hood session before that. And then it's <laughs> like driving out to Malibu to, to do that. And it's like those spaces that exist of people kind of pushing against boundaries is like what pushes music as a whole forward. And being able to contribute to that is something that I've always tried to do and want to continue to do in the long run, and especially in the future. Because, like, you know, music always evolves, always changes, and always grows into some shit that we don't know exists yet. And we got to, as producers, as engineers, as artists, figure it out. Like, you know, they're having Sway Lee pull up over there making just cool music. With Juice, we were just making cool music. It wasn't any genre. Mm. Um, it's like make dope music and we'll worry about the marketing. We'll worry about the Yeah, and, and, and at the end after. of the day, it's like that's the true essence of like good music. You know, sometimes you want to be able to feel some struggle in there or, or whatever. But, you know, that's that's a story that gets told on some music and other times it's like, as far as producing goes, it's like, what can we do that we haven't done yet? Mm. What, what haven't we tried? What have we been too scared to do? What have we not thought was right? Let's try it because you know, it might be right. So I just, I just hope to see, you know, other people, younger kids starting out, uh, you know, maybe people that, watch this that like you know aren't like the people that are on the show to you know just not be scared to like work with the people around you just try shit 
trash it like always. Mm. Um, that's how I got here. That's how a lot of people got here. Um, and no one really got here by like starting out with the top people, sending beats to fucking Kendrick Lamar. Like, it's just not how it's just not how you start. Like, I'd say the first like rap project or like halfway serious rap project I worked on was with like my homies I was living with when I first moved out here, uh, like Wax and Hush, um, who Wax is like MC Ren's son. Mm. Hush is like just a dope producer. He was, we were over with like Borgor, like kind of doing EDM stuff, but like making rap music and like just trying to make different stuff just for no reason, just to put out on SoundCloud. And, you know, being with them and and just working with the people around me just evolved into everything I've been able to do. Being able to have a fucking Grammy, being able to, if I ever decide to order them, have like a fucking, like a hundred plaques to be able to put on the wall. Like that shit's so insane to me, but it's like, I don't forget that all that came from not trying to do any of it mm. at all. And that's the beauty in it for sure. Like I didn't, I didn't ask to be an engineer. I didn't ask to like, I wasn't even making beats. I think I had my computer stolen like some years ago and like, wasn't even making beats. And, um, and then like one day when Southside was over, when I didn't even know him that well, he was like, Hey, you make beats. I'm like, I mean, like, I used to. Like, I haven't really been into it recently. He's like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, make me a beat to rap on. And then made some shit, and he's like, bro, the fuck is this? Why didn't you, why don't you make beats, bro? Like, make <laughs> beats with me. Like, make me beats. Like, yeah. I want to rap on this shit. This shit is crazy. Because he was never scared to try different kinds of beats. Mm. And that's one thing I think Southside as a rapper was so fucking, is so fucking cool, is he will rap on fucking anything. So like, and it's talented enough to do that. So like, if it wasn't for Southside, I'd, I wouldn't currently be making beats. You know, that's, that's all because he was like, bro, make beats for me to rap on. Bro, this shit's good. Like, why aren't you doing this? Why, like, why aren't you making shit for me? Like, why aren't we cl- like collabing on beats? Why aren't, like, why are you not doing that? All right, all right. And, and, and having that push from him and like that kind of support that, um, you know, it's like people are nice. People want to see people win, like, and try and be the best that they can be. And like, you know, it's not a competition, like just to try to make music, be good and appreciate what you have around you. So yeah, just if, if there's anything to take away, I just, you know, I want it to be that show. Oh, definitely, man. Hey man, we appreciate the gems, man. Dope story. Um, a lot, a lot of good gems. I think this is definitely one to run back for sure for the people watching, uh, especially you know if you have aspirations of being an engineer or really man anything, any any part, any part of this business. Um, man, for uh, let people know where they can go and uh, tap in with you on IG. Um, do you, do you like when people send you loops and shit or not really? Uh, it's 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 not really because it's like <laughs> if you're making dope loops, make dope beats. And then, you know, work with the people that might live in your area. Reach out to people that might need them. Don't like 
try to suffocate people with your shit, but mm-hmm. like the more organically you can work with the people around you, the better off you're going to be because you can't just go and join a winning situation. Like they already got there with their people that they got there with. I've heard a lot of people say that too. Because the truth. Um, so like, or if you want those people to hear about you, you got to be doing your own thing. You got to be getting your own little buzz and it's not easy, but the easiest thing you can do is just like not doubt the people around you. You know, like so many gifted musicians come from the middle of nowhere, come from fucking bumfuck Indiana or like Texas or wherever, you know? So, you know, like I, I, I've, I've said there's been like three times where I've gone to my email and seen someone or my Instagram trying to send loops and listen to it and there would be dope. And then like call a person, FaceTime them, talk to them um, and get to know them before I would even think of using it just mm. because like, I don't want them sending it to a bunch of different people. Mm. Like, did you send this to me or did you send this to fucking everybody you could think of? Like, um, because like the personal relationships are just like so much of it when it's like, bro, you know, like I make melodies too to make beats out of, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, I just don't want to see people lose, lose, uh, lose sight of the bigger picture of like, you got to, you know, make music for yourself too. Or, you know, yeah, you got to, you got to build what you can. So, yeah. And uh, what's your IG for them to go and uh, tap in? It's just Max Lord Eight Hundred Eight Mafia. Pretty easy to find. Um, but yeah, because like I've got probably thousands of like requests of like and like getting tagged and like yeah, beat imagine. beat making like people that make beats like posting them and like tagging like everyone at Eight Hundred Eight and all that shit and it's like. You know, I'll go look at them and, and listen to them shit sometimes. And it's like, I don't. But it's like, man, everyone and their mama is selling beats on BeatStars. And like, yo, I'm 16 producer. Buy my beats. Right. 250 beats. Like, bro, I've never asked money for a beat before. Mm. Like, I've never gone in trying to get an advance. I'm like, I'm I really just trying to make music. And like. You know, it's just funny you see like 15, 16 year old kid and it's like, yo, buy buy beats from me, like check out my beat store. And it's like, bro, just go like work with some people. Like no one wants to just go buy a beat for like 200 bucks from somebody for no reason. Like, I just I just haven't seen that, you know. Yeah. I don't know about that that approach though. That's definitely not that yeah, like that's approach. I just don't think that's the illest approach. And it's like, you know, from someone that hasn't really put in any time in in actually doing it to just instantly be like, I need to be paid for my time, like for yeah, my don't beat. have that pride, don't have that pride. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, bro, come on, like just just work with people. Like I've I've been doing this for like a fair amount of time now, bro. Like I don't even I don't even try to charge people for beats, bro. But I'll just work with somebody, <laughs> you know. So um, 
yeah, all the advice to everyone that's all the beat makers that are trying to do that hustle, like, man, just work with that kid that like freestyles in the lunchroom at your school, man. Like go chop it up with him mm. <laughs> type shit. Um, you know, that'll probably help get you moving a lot faster. Mm. And so. shit, just working with artists too, like it definitely affects how you make beats and, uh, you know what I mean? Just can, it can, it can help you learn and shit too, for sure. Absolutely. On top of, you know, growing and stuff. You should like be that. learning every day. Most definitely. Through whether it's whatever you're, you're trying to do or reading or studying or watching fucking YouTube tutorials. Like there's so much information out there that like you're sitting, like why are you sitting on Instagram looking at what other people are doing instead of like studying your own craft? Get better at what you're doing. Go fucking learn about compression. Go learn about EQing. Go learn about mastering process. Like, there's so much stuff that you could nerd out. You got to be educating out. yourself with that could really help you out in the long run. Yeah, I think that goes back to the passion, man. Yeah. Like, so full circle. You know what I mean? The yeah. passion is everything. Pretty much. Shit, man. We appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's- Sorry, I was kind of burnt out. We started. I'm gonna go back to bed. I right, so, man, yeah, you're good, you. man. I, th- <laughs> I think sometimes those are those are the perfect times to catch people, man. For you, <laughs> appreciate it, bro. <laughs> Another dope episode, man. Signing out. <laughs>